Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Whoa, today's topic. Yes, I'm welcoming my listeners uh, to the topic of those who love to care and love to share. It's a sensitive topic. You're wondering, hmm, where are we going with that? The, if I ask the question, what are you and how do you know? What is love? And I open to this and I dedicate everything we're going to walk through or talk through to all of you. It highlights ways we find love, know love, and hold love. Please enjoy the unfolding of this practice to a power that will open us and guide us. I open this up to you and and I remember a tune, a Beatles song. All you need is love. I can hear it. Just a few words, a simple tune that created a promise. When I hear that tune, my heart opens. There's a warmth, there's a kindness, there's there's a special feeling inside. And for those who know it, when we hear it, we open to love. It's a gateway. It's a way we remember the heart and know that we're not alone, that there's a collective. And instantly, somehow, we know the way. We remember. How this is valued is real. The song never dies. How we acknowledge this is important to all. So the five five blossom model acknowledges that without the heart, We lose the holding of collective awareness. So I start today with a a little song, and here's a fun little story that goes in a very different direction, but talks again about something bigger and something very special. This is a fun story. It's a sensitive story. It's a real experience, and I entitle it 16 Swallows. Sometimes we can't find the love and care that we need. So what happens when the heart, when we aren't able to get fulfilled, when we aren't able to experience the fulfillment we need, what do we see? What do we feel? We may feel pain. We might feel a sense of poverty, a feeling of absence. Some may even say it feels violent. But we all can probably agree that when we don't feel fulfilled, when we don't feel love, we feel we suffer. So this little story um, is about it's about pain, but it's about the sharing and the letting go. And it describes how pain is temporary, and how the moment, being in the moment, allowing the moment, can help shift our awareness and guide us. So the story begins on one of those days where I'm feeling that experience, I'm suffering, um, and I wake up with uh, a dreaded feeling, as uh, some people can explain 
or share easily that it, it's deep inside. Circumstances were not desirable. So sometimes life unfolds and delivers really unbearable experiences. And one day, I uh, dragged myself out of bed very painfully, and I'm walking really slowly and quietly because I'm hurt. I walk towards, I, walk, I go outside, it's a beautiful day, I'm walking quietly towards a nearby park, somewhere I like to visit on a daily basis, and it was early morning, and internally sadness was unfolding. I arrive at the park, and this is a neighborhood landmark. There are very few people there. It's quiet. And you can imagine a large open green space with a kid's play area far off to the left. And I walked to the center of this open field and just, I stood there quietly just sensing, sensing how I felt and sensing everything around. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I'm surrounded by this greenery and watching the, the trees and the leaves and the wind through the leaves and the light filtering mildly through the trees. Just a general experience of being in a park. And I notice a swallow. Now, this is one of my favorite birds. I enjoy them because they're swift, they're playful, they're intense, they're strong. So the swallow moves in my direction, in my, you know, towards me. I don't think much about it. And it encircles me. And, I, and I'm watching it, and I, you know, curious. And within a few moments, and that might have been one or two minutes at the most, again and again, one after another and another, the swallows start coming out through the trees, and they join in. So they start moving. Imagine this. They're moving around me, and soon I'm encircled by a swell of swallows dancing around me in all directions. It was so strong. <laughs> I'm in the center of it, and I couldn't bear to, to move because I was so, so odd, but odd, like in awe. <laughs> but they were moving and dancing all around me. I, I'm, I'm amused, and I'm taken by the lightness of it. I begin to laugh. I'm giggling. I'm kind of... So, so awed by the situation, I, I don't know how to classify. I'm not in my regular self at all because I, I'm, I'm taken by something unusual. The number of swallows, I couldn't, I couldn't count. There were that many. The beauty, the playfulness, the joy I felt will always be with me. It's a memory that I, 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 I cherish the feeling of something good really touched me deep inside. And for a moment, I felt a really loving presence, a gratitude, a deep gratitude. Nature honored me. And I felt loved in a delicate way. I was so taken by the experience that I, I created a, a work of art on this. And it's very, it's very lovely. Uh, and you can find it at fiveblossomgatherings.com under the art. It's a, you know, you'll find it. It's it's got sixteen swallows on it, moving in a in a in a fun pattern. But the the this kind of experience we normally um, don't don't find. This was an unusual experience, and we don't consider this as love until 
it touches you so deeply inside that something way beyond me, it was the earth loving me. What we generally look for in love is between people. And what this love did was ask me not to forget the bigger picture. And for a moment, this experience took all the pain away. I walked home with a very different attitude, a very different experience in my body. So pain is fleeting as love is fleeting. The power of love is not for the taking. We can't harness it, though we so wish we could. It's a resonance. It's a feeling we develop, a relationship with ourselves, with others. When the experience of love is denied, we can't, we can't engage in contact with ourselves. It's very, very painful. And when love holds value for us, and we learn to hold it in our life, we can learn to maintain it. So love is fleeting. We have an experience of love, and through this, we know that we cannot control it. Under certain circumstances, we can learn that by choosing to open and choosing to care and choosing to love, we can learn to have an experience of it again. So here's a common story. If you take that kind of, okay, we can learn to love, and think of this. Here's a common story that parents may have. It's a story about a teenager. And it's the pain of witnessing the teen's heart in bloom. The story, it's of a vivacious, you know, passionate youth who's given opportunities, experience through which he can learn. So experiences that allow him to grow and define himself. Through his younger years, he displayed a, a, quite a, a skill of sportsmanship. And for those parents who've lived through being soccer or hockey mom or dad, when the bug, when that collective play is powerful, for this family, it took hold and gave an intense experience of group, group sportsmanship. So watching him grow, having found something that's truly made sense, that truly made him happy, that's what most parents want. So the day came when he's seen and he, you know, he, he hopes, he really, he, he wants to be a better pick. He's given the choice to play and soon the competition becomes visible. And he meets up with an experience. It's an experience that any parent would dread. So an experience of deep loss. Someone chooses and denies him the right to play. So it's an accident that wasn't an accident. And through this, he loses his passion. He loses his open heart. He loses his love. So any sportsman, anybody who's passionate about sports, who works through the process of building a good relationship with a sport, will know that one day the end will come. The opportunity to play out the experience is gratifying, yet in the end, painful. 
The passion doesn't die. The love for sport remains. To be denied this way of service for some denies the right to love. So as the experience of loss shuts us down and inhibits receptivity and change, it puts upon us a pain. This wasn't a lovely story. It was a common story that says that without that group love, that boy couldn't hold. He couldn't keep his heart in check. He couldn't keep his heart open. So love is fleeting and teaches. How do we cultivate and learn? If we cherish being held in love and holding for love, we learn about ourselves, we learn to be. With experience, we learn to hold and become what we call maybe spiritually centered. So love is a really strong power. It takes us over. Love is beyond, bigger than us. Love is totally real and completely unreal. It's hard to understand. We can't grasp it. Love is indispensable, crucial for relating. Love is personal. Can't be experienced without the choosing. And love isn't always kind. Love knows the compassionate way. Love is power. It holds the way for service. Love is intelligent. It holds the key for a stable mind. To know love To choose love is to have faith in love. In a world of multi-faith involvement, what does it mean? It would mean being spiritually centered. In a world that is as varied as there are cultures, the definition is augmented as we learn to calm and open the receptors when loss is felt. So to know that the answer will only be from within, I can remember the voice of a grandmother saying, and this is the basic wisdom of the grandma, please take the trash out. I can hear the voice saying, let go of what isn't needed. Make your relationship for the whole for everyone in this family. Your quest is the way through. So relationship is the centered part of spiritually centered. So a fine tuning of the boundaries that help contain the power of heart and the mind in a clear and conscious way. When the root of all evils knows that there is no power in the light, the center place is refuge. I'll say that one more. When the root of all evils knows that there's no power in the light, it can't take the light. This place is refuge. So, ha, ha, ha. 
Uh, what's the story? So how do I, why do I say all this? Where, do, where am I coming from? How do I come to speak like this? Long time ago when I was visiting a well-known healer, <laughs> as I've visited a few in my days, uh, I was offered, and this I say, you know, tongue-in-cheek a little bit, I was offered a complimentary teaching on paying attention. I was put to the test, to learning, to choose a heart-centered process. And in choosing actions that promoted wisdom and care, when we're ungrounded and we lack awareness, this is what promotes health issues. In general, this is what promotes health issues. So those lessons that help us pay attention are experiences that wake us up. The wake up is timely and moves us to take care of the obvious. I wanted wellness and would do anything to claim it. That was my quest. So with desire and with a steady rhythm and application, I taught myself to maintain a value. This was the beginning. The beginning of becoming a trainer, really. Um, Taking note of how each step I took marked and registered an experience and a value. It's like a little scientist repeating the practice of care. Over and over, I could then discover whether the results were stable and repeatable. Sometimes they were and sometimes they weren't. And as I observed why things or that things did fluctuate, uh, asking myself, well, what can I add or what can I take away to enhance my results and to bring greater lightness and ease and centeredness? So the practice of what I just described is ancient. The way is simple. When I first got into this practice of observing the training process, you're doing it for yourself. Somebody can guide you, but you train yourself. It's a fabulous experience. And the healing promise of the energy, the consciousness, and the love that you experience in the understanding and through the engagement and through the practice offers a soulful way of life. When the results become stable, you feel secure. I felt really secure. The story, well, here's a funny one. (laughs) It talks a bit about it, but it'll make you laugh. I'm in a third world country. I'm on a personal journey here, and it's adventure travel. I've hired a guide to show me the ropes, to show me how to, you know, I want to create a good grounding in this unknown culture I'm in. And the guide I hired for a few days was this very young a uh, very, very creative person. He was in the arts. And, um, well, uh, I asked him to help me visit the sites and to show me places and to help me get grounded for my long-term journey so that I could create good experiences for myself and uh, know how to stay safe. Well, we meet at the airport, and things were really kind, really good. Everything was set up. So the next day I'm set up, I'm set up, you know, to go for my adventure, begin my, my trip, I'm really excited and I'm waiting at the designated place of, of gathering. And from around the corner, I see this young dude coming up 
and he's moving towards me at full speed. And what I find myself looking at, he's seated on an old motorbike. And I'm not prepared for this. This was not what I thought we were going to be doing. So I I remember really clearly examining my crazy mind. I was completely out of myself, thinking all kinds of things. And I tried to figure out a way of responding to him without getting into a difficulty. I take a moment, I take a breath, and I thought, okay, I end up getting up on the back of the bike. I'm in my skirt, and he takes off full speed, and I start praying. So this was my practice, quietly reflecting, and for three days, (laughs) swerving in and out of traffic, six-lane traffic, I became very, very centered. And I became very, very, very quiet. And I listened. I could hear. I could hear him breathing. I could hear me breathing. But I could hear the honking and the tooting. I could hear all that was around me at a level that was amazingly heightened. I was really humored. Life had taken me. Life really took me. But I had to learn to choose. I chose the centeredness. I chose the quietness. I chose the prayer. I sing the praises of actually good grounding and spirituality for that one. I was touched by my own internal response. And it sounds like an odd story to tell, but I I was secured, and that's why I I bring it forth, that through a gentle practice, I quieted to a kindness. Though it may seem a little bit awkward for some to consider, I chose it, and I really felt empowered through the experience of being cared for that way. Through the gentle practice and the kindness of my guide, I got to know that I could center myself and have a beautiful experience through the practice. So this out-of-box experience uh, describes how sometimes life will just take you right out, take you somewhere you didn't plan to go. And life is really intense. It will do that to us. Training helps to form patterns of relationship so that when life takes you, you can move into a place of safety and know how to listen. So how, when, where depends on the work. In general, the work of practice can be held anywhere. That's why I chose that as an example. The work of the the person who's guiding you and training you supports your practice of care in a unique way. So practice becomes desirable, really enjoyable, when experience is held stable and protected. So here I talk about experiences that vary and present with that circumstances when they aren't desirable or negotiable, staying centered and staying fluid, staying in a caring capacity is a challenge and sometimes painful. So when looking at the need for centered power and fluidity, the differences can be understood in three ways. Now, I only have a few minutes here, so I'm just going to speak just a little bit about this, and I'm going to pick it up a little bit after the break. When you get into um, a way of relationship that is 
offering you a way of training, which is a way of examining your way of care, your way of relationship. There are actually three gates or three ways that you can approach that. One would be looking at the seal of the body. And I'll talk a bit about that in a minute. Two would be the seal of the mind. Three is the seal of the heart. What I'm saying here is these three together aren't negotiable. If you want to do a way of working that's going to help you develop a greater envelope of care for yourself and for others, in this way, if each seal, and as I said, I'll talk about that a little bit, is protected, then you'll have a way of relating that can help you manage and create, let's say, a groove. And what I mean by a groove is like, if you know like, like a, an LP or a record, you have grooves on that record. And that way, the, the little needle can follow through and create the same pattern all over. Well, the same thing in ways of practice that are sensitive, that can help you connect with all three envelopes. You develop a way of relating and you practice that way of relating over and over again, it becomes a groove. It becomes a pattern. And your body begins to satiate, like want to do it because it's familiar and it's comforting. That would be the most powerful presence you can create because you're developing your own presence within. So I talk about these three seals. The seal of the body, which is essentially the way you hold your body. And I'll talk about that. The seal of the mind, which is the way you hold your mind, the way you approach the mind. And the seal of the heart, which is the way you care for compassionate presence and the holding of a relationship that will keep you well and keep others well. So that relationship is really delicate. In training, we don't normally use all three envelopes, but this model holds these three envelopes. But it also has five different ways of access to those envelopes. So that's pretty cool. So soon I will be offering a new program that opens up uh, and welcomes you to join in the unveiling of the five ways of approaching these three envelopes, these three ways of care. So we'll talk a little bit about that program uh, in a little while. So I'm going to be taking a a little break and I'm inviting callers who are interested in uh, Five Blossom Gatherings, Five Blossom Radio, and the new program, which is the Five Blossoms that I'm going to be offering. I'm welcoming you to email uh, fiveblossomgatherings at gmail.com, or you can go to my website, fiveblossomgatherings.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Fires of Compassion and LinkedIn, Denise Richard. We'll be taking a moment's break, and we'll talk again very shortly. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting fiveblossomgatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5blossomgatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. Welcoming you back. This is Denise Richard talking about um, those who love to care and those who love to share. We're talking about the process of development or process of care, guidance, training, and how to uh, bring yourself into a relationship that teaches you how to remain stable and strong in your way of life so that you can hold the value of love that you want. We were talking about um, when you're looking at the need for centered power and fluidity, the differences can be understood in three ways. And I spoke a little bit, just a touch, about the seal of the body, the seal of the mind, and the seal of the heart. And by seal, I mean a way of, of care, a way of protection, a way of holding in the, in, the, in the more subtle ways that we relate to the body, uh, you notice that we have energy patterns. And as these patterns uh, grow or augment or strengthen and harmonize, it creates a nice, strong, like a shield in a way, a seal that uh, helps promote wellness. And you can find that in each of the areas that I speak to here. So when you learn how to open the mind, the same thing happens. When you can hold the mind stable, it becomes um, easy and you can maintain a clean, clear thought more, more effortlessly. It's like a seal that creates a protection of the mind. The same thing with the heart. 
the heart is sealed in its own care juices, in its own way of care. And because of that, it's a pattern that um, protects and secures the heart. So the seal of the body is the holding of the body in mindfulness. And the body is held and accepts, accepts compassion. And that would be the strongest vibe or the strongest current of, of energy that uh, helps create the seal and promote the seal. And there are many levels to this body uh, work. And ancient tradition, uh, when taught with care and proper training, creates a very clean and healthy body dynamic. So this training is of old. It's of an ancient system. The seal of the mind, as I mentioned, allows for an open mind. And the mind stabilizes uh, when the awareness is held gently and respectfully with compassion, with kindness. And the delicate training or the delicate work of uh, of witnessing, paying attention, observing, all of these are ways that we engage um, the awareness, releases the holding, the tightness around the mind, and allows for the letting, it's like whoosh, or letting go. The last one, the seal of the body, um, sorry, the seal of the heart, is because we're talking about love today, the seal of the heart is the most important. And as it is your gateway for growth and transformation, the centering of desire in a personal way of kindness and care uh, engages and teaches you how to be fluid with the heart. And that's a very, very special training as it supports uh, the development of your envelope of care that seals it all together, that holds it all together. So when care is critical, though, for whatever reason, let's say there's way more going on that you're flooded or your your system cannot maintain or contain itself, uh, the training is centered on the balance of these three, uh, particularly in a tandem, in a way of tandem, that, in a way of rhythm that will help re-engage the body and uh, it's an immersion, you might say, in a gentle way of teaching self-care. So we're talking about self-care and the promotion of a relationship that you create in a very delicate, investigative way. The working uh, through this training provides self-examination, a way of looking at yourself and a way of supporting what you don't want to go, to let it go. A process of reconnection. So when containment is challenged, when you're not having good of it, when you can't keep your grounding, you can't keep your mind clear, when you can't stay present and things are just painful, this way of work uh, teaches uh, light-felt observation, reconnection, and it creates a, it allows for consciousness to filter. So it, it provides a filter for whatever's happening around you. Uh, and so it adds something very, very precious. If you can imagine wearing sunglasses because the sun's too hot or there's too much stimulation on the eyes, these sunglasses do really well. Uh, that would be the same idea as you create a way of filtering the world around you. So here's a silly example. I like my little, my silly examples. Um I muse at how in this day everyone likes 
to their cell phones, their iPads, their computers, everybody's engaged. And at first it was a little hard, but then I'm watching and I'm, I'm amused because everybody knows how to type now. So I watched, you know, I'm sitting there in the cafe and I watch these little fingers rolling across this, 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 um, this pad. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, a long time ago, 60, 50 years ago, that was only a fraction of the population who could actually type. And I didn't get uh, the same education as some. I remember having my typewriter and it was a, you know, I had to learn really, really basic skills and it took a while. It wasn't, but today it's, it's, it's a very different thing. Everybody's typing. So, so who doesn't know how to type? We learn to type out of necessity. How did you learn? Like, how did that happen? So you first were probably given a clue and a keyboard, and slowly you practiced mindful, you know, words, just tiny little words, and it becomes easier, and you don't think about it anymore. And then you're able to engage bigger and bigger words and bigger thoughts, and and you're able to form sentences and so on. So if you add to that what we do, let's say at a board meeting or, you know, when you have a collective or a group of people who are asked to, to create or, you know, put the thinking cap on to solve a challenge, how each person would, you know, get out their pad, get out their computer, start working it. You collectively bring heart, mind, body, and you've trained to hold your little fingers all together, your mind and body and awareness for a greater outcome. Sounds like a silly idea, but if you think of that and how common that is, in our system of health, or in this system of health I'm talking about, we take it about a, a little a step further, and we include awareness and health issues in the process of our creative, of our of, of the unfolding. Creativities and creative empowerment are really important in this process, and that's also another level of how do you create the reality you want through a system that teaches you how to engage the body, how do you create engagement of the mind, awareness of the heart, and engagement of a creative process. It's a very, very beautiful thought that we can, we know we can do it, because if you can do what I just said, sit down with your little pad and da-da-da-da-da and create something mindful and clear for everybody else, there's no reason you can't do it for yourself. So though the example is 60, is silly, and as I said, 60 years ago, a fraction of the world couldn't type. Today, everybody types. So simple because the desire to learn is there. So imagine now, I bring you back to the issue of love and holding of spiritual centeredness. And how does your life involve the learning of stability and care? So, here's another little story. As a child, I was offered a, a very strong experience. This is a bit more sensitive. I'm going to plug you out of that common everyday care thing, you know, for just working in a boardroom to bringing you into another experience that's of a very different value. As a child, um, as children, loss is, is very, very delicate because we don't understand why, how things 
come and go, or how people can come and go. And I was hurt by the death of a loved one. And I was too young to understand the fullness of the community, of how the community worked with this kind of loss. And here I was, age 10 or so, wondering, like, why? Just the big why. Why do things happen? And of course, uh, you know, as a child, you're looking, you're looking for love and you're looking to maintain a contact. But when it's such a strong experience, it's helter-skelter. And I was sitting very quietly on the couch and beside me, and this was accidental really. In other words, it, what, there was no planning to it, but beside me was the local pastor. He was a jovial older man and I remember him sitting quietly beside me. He wasn't saying anything and I wasn't saying anything. There was absolutely nothing being said. He, he engaged my presence as he brought his hands together and placed his attentions upon the palms. Now, it wasn't in a prayer formation. It was more like a, cla- a clasping of the hands and not interwoven, just like, you know, just gently held. And I watched him kind of work his hands a little bit. And then I remember he was placing his attention upon his hands. And it's one of those moments when, though nothing was said, he softly smiled and looks at me. And one of those gentle, caressing, are you okay kind of looks and asks me, um, do you know what's, what's in there? As, you know, referring to his hands. And I didn't answer. And he smiled and he said, can you hear it? And I remember being taken by the question, can I hear it? So I start opening my ears, <laughs> my, my hearing, and I'm taken by this, this, the sound of a bird. It was a sound of a bird. I, it was like I heard a sound of a bird. And I, you know, you get, sometimes you get images and it was like a, a sound of a little yellow bird. I heard the call again and again and I looked up at him and of course he's a ventriloquist in other words he can he can do bird calls but I was like you know a child going I, I, I don't understand but I'm completely taken by the sound of this little bird call I could really hear the birds and the moment changed my whole experience to that event my life was not the same so just like the first story where the birds gathered he participated and gave love to a grieving child and I I chose to listen and chose to call the title of that little yellow bird love and loss are closely knit and managing with tenderness is is work and takes practice that was a very gifted very gifted person for me to be remembering that to this day allowing a way of work that manages the feelings the hurt and the physical needs for health, I call training. I call that a training. In the olden days, long ago, we didn't have standards for, for care. Training was the way an apprenticeship was expected. So this demonstrated dedication to a life, to a way of life. And in the old days, to have access to good training was a privilege. I imagine receiving you know, or speaking of this and thinking of the old days of Tai Chi or, you know, you think about the old samurais and stuff. 
I was told once that you couldn't get trained unless you were introduced to a master. And the master was the one who took the time to recognize your needs and looked into your support. And this meant that beyond that the bond was for life. If this is the need, then work is gradual and profound. So through the five blossom system, we have possibilities. I offer seven thoughts for your consideration. So what's the importance of training? So consider training as the difference between choosing to meander through your life or develop skill sets to manage the areas in which you need grounding and support, where your weak areas need to be strengthened and your strong areas need to be supported. And to have a vision of what and what you are and who you are and to have a, a clean and clear way to access this. This is special. Those who love to care and those who love usually thrive through this kind of work because it's a process of care that you bring to yourself. So the model offers a clear path for the process and as creativity and health are enhanced, consider that working sensitively with the body, the mind, and the way of thinking will generate personal power with heart. It's a lovely, it's a lovely experience at the base as, as at the entry level. It helps that you understand that the way, the way of work, but what it's about. So usually I encourage discourse. Don't try. Sit and listen. Listen, 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 listen. If you like what's being said, if it feels right, if it resonates, if it inspires you, if it feels like, cool, I like that, then that's, that's, a, good, that's a good start. Then to grow in awareness will require good energy and grounding. The value, the deepening of awareness will come naturally in service to you. And that's an important piece to your family, to your community, yes. But this model is for those who love to care and love to share and love to hold that for others. So in training, there's commitment. You're, that's obvious. And a choice to dedicate time and energy to caring and to building a way of relationship that has lasting results. So this requires your guidance, my guidance, as I'm the guide in this process or in this particular model. But it holds no limit. So health is priceless, and it empowers far beyond. This reflects a way of perfection. It's a personal way. So what is your entry? Well, when you get the call, well, you look to know, well, who am I? As I said, what can I do with the circumstances I'm given? How do you know anything is worth your time? As most learn through a book or through a talk, as I just mentioned, you'll know because you get that feeling and it's time to take action. So the old way was a little different. If a child had aptitude in a given area, they were often supported and designated to work in that area with a teacher or guide. I'm your guide here. And I didn't have the knowledge of the experience to indicate too much. I didn't have a guide who brought me forward. It was really a little bit haphazard how I got into the practice. I was I was actually chosen in a certain way. I was witnessed and I wasn't in health. I was, you know, looking for, for support, but it was a very unique situation. 
process is what it'll teach you. I used to be a basic trainer, somebody who just taught basic fitness. That was a long time ago. And I had to learn another way of opening my mind in order to reclaim my health in other ways. Not everybody can do one thing and get the same benefit. There are often different skill sets. So you try, you, you can achieve, but if you allow, you're more likely to be able to succeed. And that's the difference in this model. And that's something that I work with. So what is your step? What's the first step that people need to do knowing that the model is distinct and that each blossom has a way of engagement means that you will need the program that you need that's good for you. Some, For some, uh, if you're physically geared, uh, it's going to you automatically say, well, I'm going to go towards the physically based stuff. That may not be, uh, first of all, it may not be possible because you may not live in the same city or you may not be have the proximity for that. But you might need a more subtle access in order to more, get more connected to yourself. So there's different ways to approach this kind of work. One of the things that I would like to hold and offer you from a perspective of somebody who's been uh, working in this field for um, three decades now is that as you look towards this kind of work, to understand that the way of work and the way of practice go together. So the first step is to decide we can move through that and I could speak, you know, that you will gain if you're working physically better coordination, flexibility, stability, strength, and overall grounding. Now that's a that's a lot. That's 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 a beautiful gift to yourself. But it's only part of it. But in and of itself, because you're working and you want to learn the practice of it, you're gonna to need to be able to train yourself and stretch your own envelope. If you're with people, if you're with a big group of people, the beauty is that that sea of energy is shared and that will promote a good grounding. If you're working just on your own, which many people will need to, for personal reasons, perhaps you need a private guide, then that can be done remotely. We can do Skype, but we can also work in other ways, personally, that will help promote the building of your care envelope because we're going to be um, closing off soon I'm going to need to close it off a little differently than I was hoping but um, your experience is going to be the key to the process without your personal experience and without your per- development of your own awareness through the process. Because as I said, it's like breadcrumbs. You're, you're going to be picking up a little bit of information and learning how this goes together so that you can learn about how to maintain and set up your own system and repeat that. It's the repeatability that you want so that you can keep your training moving and your growth moving in the right direction for yourself. Because your, your interest is crucial what guides you is what grabs you. The sensitive material is yours. What you're working on is yours. The work requires that you be respectful of the work of others, but it's not something that we get into. We're working 
uh, in a way that is uniquely geared towards a way of respect and the field of care that we're creating. So the work is actually approached quietly, mindfully. But for some people, I can also move it towards gearing a more physical, more strongly based physicality. So because, as I mentioned, you consider your next move, and as you consider the work of five gatherings, uh, consider the options, the training in physical embodiment, as in Qigong or Tai Chi, uh, consciously, slowly, physically develops strength, huge strength, demands awareness and love and care. And all that is a very deep and promoting, um, peaceful relating, nonviolent relating in the body. In this kind of world where we see so much, it's a, it's a soothing balm that, that directs you in the right direction. So it's a promotion of a good way of work and ask that you take time and work with those who care. The reflection is strong here. The body will change and the way is definitely easier than most training systems. That's really a pleasure. So our current entry is in Vancouver and will open to all levels. And this is for anyone who needs to start up. It's not a boot camp. It's uh, gentle. It's a gentle exploration. And I'm encouraging all uh, all ages to work together and suited um, to create a climate of peace. We'll do that. So imagine that typing pool that I just talked about where we're sitting down. Imagine hundreds of people working together, creating that climate of peace. So for those interested in learning of our new program, please visit fiveblossomgatherings.com. And for those interested in doing um, more caring private work, it's also available. And you can um, connect with us through fiveblossomgatherings at Gmail. So I'm welcoming you to the unveiling of our new program. And as we highlight the five areas of interest and explore the work, I hope that um, my talk today um, brings you forward and thanking you for your time. This is Denise Richard, Five Blossom Gatherings, Five Blossom Radio. joining us this week for five blossom radio with denise richard please tune into our next program we're live every wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time and noon pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel until we speak again may you have a harmonious week